Delusions of Grandeur. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Delusions of Grandeur. I'm out of it for a little while. Everybody gets delusions of grandeur. Here on the Journey Into Podcast. My name is Marshall Latham, and I'm glad to be here with uh, the co-host of Delusions of Grandeur, Rish Outfield. How you doing, Rish? I think I'd say I'm I'm glad to be here. I mean, maybe not as glad as you, because I know what's coming. Ah, but uh, <laughs> no, it's it's always good when we get together, and I always love to talk about Star Wars. I, there's still gas in the tank, as far as that goes. That's good because there's actually quite a bit, maybe not going on right now, but at least a lot of things announced. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was the big uh, D23 um, event where Disney kind of paraded all of their stuff you know whether it's marvel or pixar or the next live action adaptation of a animated classic but then of course they also talked about star wars and stuff that's going on did you get a chance to catch any of the stuff on d23 i watched the marvel stuff i didn't watch any of the star wars or pixar you know what i'm sure lady and the tramp live action looks like a classic uh, <laughs> but i didn't watch that if they had said anything about indiana jones i think i would have watched that but yeah they didn't yeah but uh no i i didn't how about you what how much of it did you see i just saw a little where it said this is what happened you know and they just showed little tiny clips i didn't sit there and watch the whole thing i watched a lot of the marvel stuff and uh, and then I, I did watch the well, like I said, I watched summaries of what was what they presented for Star Wars. There's things that they've announced that we haven't really talked about too much, so I thought maybe we'd take a little bit of time to, I mean, mostly what they were talking about was Disney Plus and all the stuff that's coming out on Disney Plus for everything they were talking about. Um, as we know, you know, Rise of Skywalker is coming out in December. And that'll be the last movie that we'll get for a little while. But instead of the movies, we'll be getting several TV series on, on Disney+. Plus. The first of which will be The Mandalorian, which we talked a little bit, I think, about The Mandalorian before. Did you see the, the footage that they showed for that, or the trailer that they put together for that? I did. Yeah, yeah, I was, well, I, I liked it a lot, but I, I was just really, I thought it was really enticing. You know, just whenever you see things from the original trilogy or things that stand out as, oh, yeah, yeah, that was part of that. And, you know, like one of the coolest things I saw, and I think I texted you right after I watched it, was they were, there was a guy riding a dewback on Tatooine. I'm assuming they're on Tatooine for that. But yeah, just the look of the Mandalorian with that rifle that he had. In the cart, the old cartoon from the holiday special, just you know, it's drawing on nostalgia, but I think it hit all the the right things for me to want to watch it. Well, yeah, we we talked about the feel of Rogue One when it came out, and that they had taken they had taken strides to make it maybe not feel like 1977, but not feel 
as modern as some of the other Star Wars things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they wanted it to feel like it could have been going concurrent to that first movie. And this, there are moments where I was just like, yeah, that feels like it's, it's not made recently. It feels like it was made back then. I mean, we don't have people with giant sideburns or anything like that, but it, I don't know. There, there is a, a way that the Star Wars universe feels and I don't know if it's the lighting or if it's set design or decoration or clothes or technology, but there were a couple of moments in the, the trailer for Mandalorian where I just felt like, oh, that this feels like it's from that era. It has been pulled from that era. And I'm, I'm not sure if we're both talking about the same thing. There was a shot where a, a guy, like a, an Ugnaught-looking guy, was riding on a a reptile. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that was a dewback. I think it's the two-legged like frog lizards from the Ewoks Battle for Anaheim. Oh, right. I know you, th- you probably think I'm joking, <laughs> oh. but I'm, I'm like 80% sure that that's what that was. <laughs> well, yeah, because I've seen that in, uh, you know, like Ralph McQuarrie's drawings and stuff like that i think i've seen that two-legged concept art concept art there you go uh i think i've seen that two-legged frog-like thing you're talking about but yes i I still have that gap of uh no knowledge of the ewok movies oh okay well then yeah you you wouldn't know and maybe between now and and the next episode i'll do some research and find out for sure what those things are called and if that's what that is but any idea how many episodes mandalorian is no Hopefully it's it's not, you know, it's like 10 or something like that. Yeah, I feel like it's between 8 and a dozen, but I don't know if it's a one and done kind of show or if they are hoping that it's successful and they'll do a second season, a third season of Mandalorian. Have you heard anything one way or another? No, I assumed. No, I think I did hear that uh, John Favreau was working on episodes for season two. Oh, okay, cool. But I'll have to verify that too, but I'm pretty sure I heard that. Yeah, another thing that I heard about it, which is to me is, is unusual, but I'm not complaining, is that when Disney Plus goes online or whatever you call it, you know what I mean, when it kicks off, you'll be able to watch Mandalorian, but they're not releasing all the episodes at the same time so you, that you can binge it. Oh. They're releasing them week by week. Oh, nice. Like a, a traditional television show. And I wanted to ask you about that. Are you a binger or would you prefer to have to watch it over a three-month period of time? I mean, I'll, I'll binge. I don't, I don't mind doing that. I think we talked at one point, not on the podcast, but uh, Stranger Things Season 3 came out recently. And my family watched that, binged that over a period of, I don't know, four days or five days. So I, I'll, I'll binge, but I... I'm very attracted to the idea of watching something on a week and then coming back week for week. You know, that's how I grew up. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of like that idea. Well, yeah, so do I. I. Shows mean more when you have to wait and you can anticipate them and you can talk about what did you think of this week's episode and and you have somebody else that you watch the, the shows with. It becomes sort of an event. It becomes a date or a... I don't know, a tradition or even something like that. Uh, when I was a kid, my best friend would come over 
and watch Star Trek The Next Generation with me every week. Even if it was a rerun, he would come and watch it with me. Huh. That's a tradition that I just loved. I, I, I looked forward to it every week. And then we would talk about what, how was the episode. And if all episodes of The Mandalorian were available in one day and you could just burn through them. And I understand if you were not watching it with someone else, there's no reason to pad them out and make them last. Right. But if you're watching them with another person to savor it and discuss it and kind of go over each episode and talk about what you're looking forward to and hope that they do in the next show. I don't know. That makes viewing more pleasurable to me. It may, it becomes, you almost become part of it. Yeah. It's an event driven thing rather than just instant gratification. Yeah. I've been talking about that with my kids. Cause we've been, I think I mentioned it on one of my Patreon addresses, but we've been finding shows to watch that my wife and I had seen before, but liked it enough to watch it again and, and kind of watching it with our kids. So we've watched Chuck, you told me. Chuck. I yeah, I watched all the episodes of Chuck, and now we're going through all the episodes of Grimm. Oh, okay. They really get into it, and it's really fun, but as soon as the episode ends, they want to watch the next one. And, you know, I try to explain to them, because there's definite season finales or arc finales or whatever, and I'm, I'm like, you guys don't understand. We had to wait a whole five months or whatever, or, you know, until the next season came out. And it, it's kind of fun to wait for that. And they're like, why would you want to do that? We can just watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> and so a couple times I've said, okay, we're done. We're not going to watch anymore for a couple days or you know, tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> but I make them wait instead of just finding out what happens next. So that's cool that Disney Plus is doing that with Mandalorian. And see, I don't know that it's intentional because they don't want people to binge it. Or if it's because they don't want people to sign up, watch all of The Mandalorian, and then cancel their membership. Oh, right. I think yeah. it may be that it's just like, we're not going to have 10 episodes done in, in November or whatever. But we can definitely have like the first two done, and then the next right. one a week later, and the next one a week later. You know what I mean? I think it's just because these are really complicated, expensive shows, they want all the time that they can do that. I may be wrong, but I, I thought that I had read that all of the Disney Plus shows would be this way. No. Oh. They would be released you know, weekly rather than all at once. And, and I don't have any complaints about that. No. Even if it is a business thing, I mean, I can understand that because you know, I've been tempted to get on CBS All Access, binge all the new Picard show when it comes out, or, or the Twilight Zone episodes, or even... Star Trek Discovery, and then cancel, you know, watch them all and, and cancel. Yeah, okay, I, I understand. And you'll have to tell me if you do that, if you recommend that I do the same. Yeah. Because I am a big Star Trek fan. I mean, my first love is Star Wars, but I, I do quite like Star Trek. And the Picard series really appeals to me. That's a character that I love. And that generation, no pun intended, was really special to me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you and I both really like Twilight Zone, and I think we'll be doing a Twilight Zone episode not f too far in the future. And I, I've not spoken to anybody who's seen the Jordan Peele one and can tell me, oh, you need to see this. You'd love it. Or, eh, you know, so I... I yeah, I, I watched the first episode because I had it for free on YouTube, and it was, it was pretty good. I, I liked it. I just, you know, I'd, I'd probably have to see more. 
to, to know if it's consistently good. Well, if whatever. it's still available on YouTube, then I will watch it too, and we can talk about it next time we get together. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Big told me that one of his co-workers at the, uh, the news station is one of those guys that, what do you call it? Not bootlegs. Gosh, what do you call that? Oh, the, like pirates. pirates. Everything that, you know, like he, he's a big movie guy, but he never goes to the movies. He just waits for somebody to upload like a bootleg copy. Is that, am I using the right words? Bootleg? I think so. Yeah. Or pirated copy. And yeah. he's one of those guys that does that with TV too. He's not even, he doesn't even have cable. He just uh, steals whatever <laughs> he wants off the internet. And if the new Twilight Zone were a traditional television show, like on CBS rather than on all access i'm sure i would have watched every episode yeah and we probably would have done episodes about it it's, that's a really great show and uh i don't know i did see star trek Voyager, not voyager discovery at walmart that you could just buy it oh and i thought well if i had liked that first episode maybe i would have done so i don't know we'll, we'll see when picard debuts i think it's next year so yeah i have plenty of time to decide but we're not talking about Picard. We're talking about the Mandalorian. Yes. There are, yeah, there are a couple of, I want, I'll, I'll say familiar faces, even though like the IG-111 or what, what do, do we ever figure out what the... I think it's IG-11. Okay, the, that one, he's not IG-88, but he looks enough like him that you're just like, oh, kind of thing in the same way that, like there's a Twi'lek that you see. In yes. one shot. And I think she's played by the girl that was Tonks in the Harry Potter movies. Oh. And it's just, it's neat to see a species that you know. There was an Entertainment Weekly pictorial, and it had the Mandalorian fighting two Trandoshans, which are Bosque species. Oh, that's cool. And I was just like, oh, look. Uh, and so <laughs> it just, just to see familiar faces, even if they're not the specific faces, is cool to me. And it's neat to see Imperials in like Imperial uniforms and Stormtroopers. Yeah, and that's kind of an exciting time, you know, right after Return of the Jedi. You know, who knows what's going to happen on the fringes kind of thing. So that that's perfect setup for that. Yeah, and one, and one of the things that I, I remember, I think they talked about it at the uh, Star Wars celebration, that uh, John Favreau was having fun playing with the flying spaceship, or the spaceships flying through space, and he... He had like built at his house the same kind of setup that they had for the original Star Wars or something. And they were, whenever it's going through space, they're using that same type of, I mean, I'm sure it's updated, but the same methods of filming the, the ships in space. So I thought that was interesting that they're, I mean, it just sounded like he was doing that for fun. Not that he had to, but he just was so into it that he, he wanted to do that. Well, I, I think that that contributes to the feel of it being from that period that if you can use a lot of the same filming techniques or like J.J. Abrams did with insisting on making the aliens, making costumes, making the sets and the ships and all that stuff, just so it's more palpable, just so it's more, it just feels more like the old films. I think that that helps. If it doesn't help us, it helps the actors be able to believe that they're where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and I think I remember I had the Star Wars Celebration panel, him saying that 
they practically built the Mandalorian's ship. And the reason they built a model was <laughs> so he could have it on his desk in his office. <laughs> do, do you remember hearing that? It's just like when they were done filming, it becomes this cool prop that I have in my office. <laughs> I think I do remember hearing that now that you say that. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see it. And I think it'll do well. I've heard some people say they're more excited about The Mandalorian than they are about Rise of Skywalker. So I don't know if that's good news or bad news, but... Well, yeah, you could definitely take it as bad news if you chose to. I don't feel that way. I look forward to Rise of Skywalker immensely, but I'm not going to hold it against anybody that says this looks more like Star Wars or this feels more like what I want, you know, kind of thing. Right. And that's cool. Lucky me, I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to both. Yeah, me too. And I don't know, we may have talked about this just over the phone, not during the podcast, but they're bringing back the Clone Wars and they showed a scene from the Clone Wars, the new episodes, where, where we catch up with Ahsoka Tano. I, I guess she left the Jedi Order. Yes. And went off to like be a civilian or, or something like that. And then she sort of has to come out of retirement and all of these clones that she fought with during the war salute her. And I don't know Ahsoka Tano. I, you know, I, I didn't watch the Clone Wars cartoon and I don't have an affinity for the clone army or any of that stuff. But I thought that that was so well told that I became emotional watching that clip. And I thought, well, well, that's great. If it can speak to me, who's not a fan of that era, then this should do really, really well. Yeah, no, I, I, that was a very touching scene. And uh, yeah, that just encourages me. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching Clone Wars, too. And that, that was Anakin in the scene with her. He kind of brings her back. Because, yeah, that was a pretty heartbreaking thing when, when she left the Jedi Order. She transitioned from being one of the most hated characters in the Star Wars universe to being one of the most beloved characters. Why, when that movie came why out, did people dislike her at the beginning? Is it because they found out her species was a Togruta? <laughs> no, they just, you know, the whole, hey, Sky Guy, and just who's the, you know, when she became, in that Clone Wars movie, when she became the Padawan of Anakin, and yeah, after that, all the fans just, said how much they hated Ahsoka and thought she was, you know, didn't, didn't like her with Obi-Wan and Anakin and she was just a tag along kind of thing. You know, he called her Snips and she called him Sky Guy and they just thought that was too <laughs> childlike, I guess, or childish huh. or whatever and didn't like the character. But then George Lucas and Dave Filoni stuck to their guns and they, they developed her throughout the series. And yeah, she became one of the most, uh, beloved characters and well dude that's that's really cool and it reminds me this is another thing we didn't talk about but at star wars celebration they had the cast of rise of skywalker come out and kelly marie tran she came out and people gave her a standing ovation yeah and that was really moving to me because she was the focus of the ire that many many people had against last jedi I know we talked about that on the show. We did, yes. Yeah. People just hated her character, uh, or they hated the movie, and she was the poster girl that they chose 
to elevate to the reason that they didn't like the movie. And, you know, they bothered her and, and pestered her and probably threatened her, the internet being what it is. And then to see this crowd of thousands of people salute her like the clones saluted Ahsoka. Yeah. It touched me and it was just like, you know, Star Wars fans are not all bad. In fact, most of them are good. And I, I just, I, yeah, I felt like there was hope for, you know, if a Terminator can learn the value of human life, then maybe we can too. <laughs> yeah, no, that I thought that was great. So after they talked about The Mandalorian, they also talked about a couple other shows that are coming out. One of them we've heard of already, and one of them, the, there was a rumor that already broke the news a week before D23. But the one we've known about for a while is the Cassian Andor series that's coming out. And they didn't still haven't given a lot of details, other than it, of course, happens before Rogue One. But when they first announced it, they didn't say anything about K2SO. They just talked about Cassian Andor and Diego Luna. Um, and I was kind of worried. I thought, well, one of the best things I thought about Cassian Endor was that, you know, his friendship with K2SO. So then eventually they said that, yes, he would be joining it. And uh, Alan Tudyk, of course, is voices that character. And so they came out at D23 and talked a little bit about that series without giving a lot of details. I'm I'm intrigued about that one, too. I, I you know, that era before the first Star Wars, before Rogue One, you know, that, that time period is uh, pretty interesting. I think you could tell a lot of interesting stories in that at the beginning of the rebellion. And didn't Cassian say that he's he's been uh, fighting since he was six or seven years old or something like that in Rogue One? So there's a lot of stories I could tell there. I don't think they're going to have a kid in there, but... Um, what, what are your thoughts about that series? You know, I never really warmed to Cassian Andor in the film Rogue One, and I I don't know why that is. It, it's been interesting to hear people talk about these sequel movies, and a lot of people single out Rogue One as the one movie that they like. Right. I don't know. I mean, there's just so much negativity in Star Wars fandom right now, and I, I, again... I've said this a hundred times and this will be a hundred and first. It's, it's not the majority of Star Wars fans that feel this way, but the, the few that do are so loud that that's all you ever hear. But I like that period. And I like the idea that any of these characters could rub elbows with any of the characters from the original trilogy. I mean, I don't know how you do it to have like Lando show up or whatever, but but you could. Well, they're even, you know, underutilized characters like Dudana, or definitely they could bring back Mon Mothma and stuff like that and just... Oh, yeah, I, I would have her be a fixture of the show. I would have her be... Uh, what was... Was it Bosley? What was the guy on Charlie's Angels that would give them their missions each week? Yeah, the Bosley was, was kind of the facilitator of everything for Charlie. Um, or she's the M. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I don't know that the show will be like that. It would be like a spy show or a you know mission of the week, a mission impossible kind of show. But hopefully at least one or two episodes are like that. We'll see how it goes. That that show doesn't happen till next year, right? Yeah, it's a ways off. 
for that one. But yeah, like like you said, that I think the thing I'm most attracted to there is the time period in the universe and what they can do with that and, and some of the stories they can tell. I'd really liked K2SO as well. So they might show his origin, you know, how he used to be an Imperial droid and he was damaged and they captured him or whatever. So that might be interesting. Well, sure, yeah. It's a missed opportunity if they don't do that. If they just have the two of them side by side in the first episode, I hope that they'll at least flash back to how they became friends somewhere along the line. Right. And that is a single season show or that they're hoping to do multiple episodes on that. Hmm. I would guess it's pretty limited in scope. They couldn't go on too long because it all leads to Rogue One, which kind of ends that story. Um, But the third series that they talked about, like I said, it was leaked a week before D23, but they confirmed they would have an Obi-Wan series with uh, Ewan McGregor returning to uh, play the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. But there again, we don't have any details on it. So it's kind of open for speculation on what that series is going to be about. Is it just going to be Obi-Wan becoming Ben Kenobi on Tatooine? Are they ever going to go off world? Would I don't know if I would like it if they left Tatooine. You know, if he was like going off and doing adventures in space while he's supposed to be on Tatooine watching over Luke. But uh, there's lots of possibilities for what they could do with that. Because it's supposed to take place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. So Now, you did see this panel or this uh, presentation? Yeah, I saw parts of it. It was basically Ewan McGregor coming out and talking to Kathleen Kennedy. He kind of made a big thing about, now just ask me if I'm going to be playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. And she asked him, and he's like, yes, in a very satisfied way, you know kind of making fun of the point that for years and years, that's one of the only questions he gets is, are you going to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi? But that was about it for that too. It was just kind of a, hey, let's bring you out on stage and talk that there's going to be a series and make confirm all the rumors. And they didn't talk much about anything around it other than that. Okay, well, see, yeah, I didn't, didn't see that presentation, but somebody had said that it takes place eight years after... Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. Which is two years after Solo. And I didn't know that. I didn't know exactly where on the timeline Solo took place. But I wondered if some of the ideas that they had had for Solo sequels could find their way into this Obi-Wan show. Oh, Um, they definitely could. Like if, if, for example, they had really wanted to tell what happened to Kira and her um, underworld contacts and, you know, what what does she become? Well, this seems like a, a good opportunity to weave those two stories together. But I don't know. I don't know what Obi-Wan did. I, I know that there have been comics and books. Like, there's a, a no, novel called Kenobi. Yeah, there was. But I haven't read them, and I... I don't know if it is explicitly stated what Ben Kenobi did during that stretch of time. There's the one episode of Rebels where we go to Tatooine and we catch up with Obi-Wan, or rather Darth Maul catches up with Obi-Wan. And 
Right. I felt like, oh, well, that's great. That, that's cool. And it doesn't really contradict anything that I believed in the movies. Um, but I think a lot of people have this idea that he went to Tatooine at the end of the third prequel. And then he just became a hermit and hung out in the desert for the next 20 years. But we don't know that he didn't go off and have other adventures or go off and have romance or go off and save a bunch of lives or go off and make further mistakes that, that humbled him, that turned him into the, the crazy old hermit that we meet at the beginning of Star Wars. I don't think you want to pigeonhole it and say, you know, he did this, but he didn't do this and this and this. Yeah. Um, and so a show like this could totally surprise people as to what Obi-Wan has been doing and what kind of person he has become. And all we know is that 19 years later, he is there when Luke needs him out in the desert. Yeah. And, you know, I was now that you say eight years after Revenge of the Sith, I was I was thinking maybe the timelines between the Obi-Wan show and the Cassian Endor show would uh, be synonymous enough where you could have a little bit of this character showed up in this show. Well, here here's where he shows up on when he comes to Tatooine or whatever. Um, or if they could do any cross links that way. But I don't think the timeline works if it's if it's eight years after. Well, but you hadn't heard the eight years thing. You're right. I hadn't heard that. So yeah. it could be that that's just a rumor. I see. I, I didn't watch the panel. I just assumed that that was from the panel rather than a rumor that somebody is kicking around. Yeah. But it would be really neat if Jimmy Smith showed up in both shows. <laughs> It would be, yeah. I really like Jimmy Smith, and I really like Bail Organa, the idea of, of this king, this politician who is secretly a rebel. Uh, you know, he's like, a, he's like the most visible person that you wouldn't expect to be part of the Rebel Alliance. You know, it, 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 like, like Jimmy Stewart fighting the Nazis in World <laughs> War II. Right. Was there somebody more famous fighting in World War II? Something like that, where you're just like, <laughs> but everybody knows who you are. I don't know. Maybe that's a terrible example. But he is the public face of Alderaan, of his planet, and a senator in the Republic. Or uh, It's not the Republic anymore. What is it? It's the Empire, right? It's the Empire, but then they, they still say that the Senate isn't dissolved until the first Star Wars movie. Okay, but I, I imagine that that is a body that functions under the Empire. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would be ineffectual, essentially. But anyhow, yeah, he was he was very visible. And then, you know, he's doing he has this secret life underneath, which I think is neat. And, and yeah, Obi-Wan is in hiding, I would assume. But he could also just be one of those guys that checks in on Luke from time to time to see if Luke might need him. And then he goes off and has more adventures, and then he always comes back. Yeah. I also wonder if Liam Neeson will come back as uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, as a Force ghost, to talk with uh, Obi-Wan. 
Oh, I don't know. If if there was ever a <laughs> an opportunity for him to come back, it was in 2005 in Revenge of the Sith. Oh, true. And that yeah. he didn't come back then, and they just had a line of dialogue about it. I, I never knew why he didn't come back, whether they asked him to come back and he refused, or whether they never even bothered to ask him. Yeah, because he recorded that line for Attack of the Clones. <laughs> no, he didn't. It's from Phantom Menace. <laughs> Where he says, oh, Attica. is it? <laughs> they just used the line again. Uh, the, yeah, they, they mixed it. You know, in the same way that CG ghost Carrie Fisher says hope in Rogue One, but it's just a line from Star Wars. Right. It's just her saying that. Sorry, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe you sleep better thinking that the Taken guy <laughs> showed up again to do a line for episode two. <laughs> Because he, he cares. He cares about it. Yeah, because they did the same thing, right, with Alec Guinness, his voice in uh, The Force Awakens. Yeah, what is it that he says? I think he says Ray. But it's just taken from something that he says in Star Wars. Yeah. That has Ray as part of the word, right? Yeah, they like, it was half <laughs> of a word that he said. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, sorry, I, let me derail us for a second. They did get <laughs> Ewan McGregor back for Force Awakens, and he delivered some line like, you have just taken the first step, or something like that. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, yeah. It was all in that f- Force... The Force Vision scene, scene. with Rey when she grabbed the lightsaber, yeah. And there has been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk about this next song. Maybe too much talk. About the Emperor <laughs> coming back in this, in episode nine. What? And I, I just, I cling to the possibility, to the probability that the Emperor coming back is the same thing as Obi-Wan coming back, as that Force vision that she had in Force Awakens. Only it's a dark side vision. It's a vision of what she could become if she would only give in to her baser desires to her anger to you know the whatever hate that she has inside her you know you could become another vader you could you could rule the galaxy in the same way that when she touched that lightsaber the force spoke to her and showed her a potential future and i think an island yes and i just i feel like that's where the emperor comes in and that's where ray <laughs> in black with a, a two-bladed lightsaber comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we haven't talked about that footage either. But yeah, that as we, we talked about offline, you know, I think that's definitely an, an Abrams fake out to make people go, what? What's going to happen? But yeah, I don't think she's actually going to turn to the dark side. But I could be surprised, I guess. And uh, my secret wish, too, is that the way in which the Emperor comes back is not in uh, full form as a resurrected or cloned individual, but that his influence comes through, you know, some artifact or holocron or maybe even a lightsaber or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm clinging to that because I don't want him to come back. I feel like we've already talked about this when we first heard the Emperor's laugh in a previous episode. We, We talked about it briefly. Yeah. But it, it just, because it feels like it cheapens, to me, it cheapens 
the earlier movies. In the same way as when the Spider-Man 3 trailer said, we found out the truth about who killed your uncle. Where it's just like, no, you guys can't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Come up with something else. Just the, the thought of Palpatine coming back, it, it turns my stomach. It really bothers me. But the thought of Ian McDiarmid coming back doesn't bother me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You know, if we found out that James Earl Jones was reprising his role as Vader in episode nine, I would be excited. I would be like, oh, great. I look forward to it. Yeah. Because I don't for a second feel like they're going to reveal that Darth Vader is alive. It's just they will come up with some way to depict Vader, to have him speak to his grandson or, or something, you know, something like that. And I feel like this is the same kind of thing. The shadow of the Emperor, the influence of the Emperor, a vestige of the Emperor, a hologram of the Emperor, a mind trick involving the Emperor. All of those things I'm fine with. I feel like you can have him the threat without saying, oh, he somehow survived. Yeah, I, I agree. And you can do that really well and make it fit perfectly in with, with these characters, these new characters. So there's the new trailer, and I didn't mean to watch it. <laughs> you know, I think we're in the, the window of time where I'm going to try and avoid spoilers. I'm going to try and avoid new footage. I'm going to try and avoid everything that I can, except for the action figures. Sorry, I have that weakness. Yeah. But it was on. I was at a, a convention and somebody was running late and they said, okay, you know, it's going to be about four more minutes. We'll just show this to you for the next four minutes. And I didn't know what it was. I thought somebody had put together a montage of Star Wars scenes. And then my cousin leaned over and said, this is the trailer that you've been trying to avoid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to watch it. But there are a couple of just really cool shots in there, including a shot of like a hundred Imperial Star Destroyers. It's not First Order Star Destroyers, but it's the old kind. Yeah. And I thought that that was really cool to see all these old Star Destroyers. And where do they come from? And opens up a lot of uh, questions. But that's what trailers are supposed to do. Uh, what did you think of uh, C-3PO with his red eyes? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Somebody had... <laughs> posted a picture of that like on Instagram and I think that I had just assumed that it was the lighting in the scene you know it just happened to make it look like he had red eyes but then when I saw the footage no he definitely has red eyes <laughs> and I don't know that that means anything unless <laughs> the ghost of Palpatine is speaking through 3PO <laughs> um, I don't I, I, I try and okay your feeble skills are no match for the power of the dark side. <laughs> you will pay the price for your lack of vision. I, I, I don't know that it means anything. I just think it might be a cool visual. In the same way that he had a red arm in Force Awakens. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter, but he did. Well, they ran out of Hasbro figures, you know. They have the silver leg, and they have the red arm, and they have him with all of his wires exposed. So now they need a new C-3PO figure with red eyes, I guess. 
But yeah, I mean, it could be something as simple as, hey, they're going in. He needs to be in disguise so they don't recognize him or something like that. Just kind of another fun addition to the saga of C-3PO. How about you? Assuming that there's still one more trailer out there, are you good with having watched this? Do you wish that you hadn't watched this? No, I, I think this was fine. The only thing that was spoilery or looked like it was spoilery was the ray shot at the end with the double-bladed lightsaber. And I think, like I said, that that's a, that's a fake out. So I'm not too worried about being spoiled on it by watching this latest footage. And it's, it's really another teaser. It's not really a full trailer. They're not, they're just showing snapshots and, and, you know, quick scenes. They're not describing the plot or, you know, going over too much. So I kind of look at it as the second teaser, but I think from now on, anything that comes out will be a full trailer. Could be only one more left. So I'm definitely planning on avoiding anything else that comes out. If I can. (laughs) I I can't think of any movies that I'm going to have to see before Force Awakens in the theater. Because that's the part that always gets you is when they play the trailer in the theater if you're watching another movie. Well, surely you'll go see something, right? Between now and December? Maybe. I probably won't go see Maleficent. Oh, I guess Fro- well, it, everything seems to be coming out in December I anyway, doesn't Frozen it? Frozen is a Thanksgiving release, and you'll probably end up seeing that. And there, dollars to donuts, it will have a Star Wars trailer attached. It will, yeah. But, you know, you can always cover your ears and close your eyes and go, rah, 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 like I did, <laughs> as childish as that was. And, you know, I, I'm still glad that I did that, despite being thrown out of the theater for causing a, a ruckus, because <laughs> there were a couple of moments that I didn't know were coming, like Snoke holding Ray up with the Force, and and oh yeah, uh, it seems like there was some other shot of, like, Ray and Kylo Ren, like, touching hands or something like that that was in the trailer, and I was glad I hadn't seen that. I didn't know that that was coming. Yeah, so I think. Well, I I feel like that's all the time we have for tonight's episode, and I'm happy to uh, hang out. Oh, no, no. (laughs) You need your rest. Rest you need. Yes, yes. No, we have our own content for the end of this episode. Now that we've talked about the news and all the new things coming out, now we get to to the feature portion of this episode. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, so as you are wont to do, and as as we're both fans of Star Wars, you've written another little vignette or a little sketch about Star Wars, and uh, you want to share it with the world. Or no, I want you to share it with the world. Yeah, I think there's the truth. This was something <laughs> that I wrote in 2017. No, 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 I take it back. I don't know when I wrote it, 2016, 2015, but I recorded it in 2017. Uh, it was intended to be released on the show, and uh, as I <laughs> want to do, I came up with excuses not to release it. <laughs> and so I felt like if I included a teaser for it in the last episode, then I would have to release it. And so here we are. This is called We Would Be Honored, and it is my impression, my idea of what happened in The Empire Strikes Back after Darth Vader said we would be honored. 
if you would join us. And the door closes behind him, and that's it in the movie. Is it too late to say, oh, I'm sorry, the dog's eaten it? <laughs> no, it's too late. So without further ado, let's play We Would Be Honored. We would be honored if you would join us. Princess Calrissian, Captain Solo, may I introduce you to Boba Fett, the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy. We've met. Really? Yes, we're old friends, him and me. I wasn't aware you bounty hunters had friends. He meant it facetiously, Vader, in the same way I'd describe you as a subtle, gracious host. Well, I did provide this sumptuous banquet. Please, everyone, take a seat. Even me? Of course. Sit across from your friend, Captain Solo. We're not really friends. I actually quite despise the man. I'm sure we can all be cordial for one last meal. Don't you think so, Senator Organa? I feel strange calling you princess after what happened. I can't imagine what you're referring to. Ah, here's the first course. Please, everyone, eat your fill. I'm not particularly hungry. I said eat. So, Captain Solo, Calrissian tells me your ship used to be his ship. Did he now? The facility's cooks are some of the best in the system. I'm sure there's something everyone will find delicious. Yeah? Even the guys wearing masks? Do you even eat... Lord Vader? I believe I'll act as host, while the rest of you eat. Ah, uh, even the Wookiee? Excluding the Wookiee, of course. <coughs> hey, Chewie goes where I go, eats what I eat. You keep up that tone, and where you're going will not be pleasant, Captain. I understand you've made quite an enemy of Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, well, he doesn't exactly have friends. I'm sure you can relate. Han, please, just have some of the Rylothian stew. Hard to get out here. I'd think trust would be even harder. I... Going somewhere, Calrissian? I've got my duties. The station won't run itself. My lord. Carry on, then. A shame you won't be here for the scintillating conversation. Well, I apologize. For everything. Yeah, yeah, but just eat, Chewie. Might be a while. So, it seems someone is missing from your party, Your Highness. Any idea what happened to him? Threepio's in a box somewhere, since you're so concerned. Threepio? I know no one by that name. I was referring to the rebel pilot who helped rescue you from the Death Star. Hey, that was all my doing, buddy. 
you didn't have help from a young man named Skywalker. I know no one by that name. Somebody's feeding you bad information. I'm sure. <laughs> Your Highness, tell us the story of when I tortured you on the Death Star with a big black droid. I'd rather not. Come now, Mr. Fett has not heard the story. Leave her alone. Oh, Princess, your screams resounded so well throughout the halls, that Stormtrooper training had to be postponed. <laughs> you mean you actually train those guys? <laughs> Must not have been blaster training, huh? Not a one of them can shoot, that's true. No, not like the Death Star and Alderaan. Oh yeah, Chewie. That was something else. What is the Wookiee saying? He was just remembering when we blasted this TIE fighter at the Death Star, and instead of exploding, it spun like a broken top out into the depths of space. <laughs> TIE fighter. Do not encourage him, Bounty Hunter. Boy, I wonder who was flying that thing. How sick he must have got. Really? Lord Vader was? You don't say. It was only through my expert flying prowess that I managed to survive. Expert? Really? Wow, that's not much of a boast, Vader. It's like saying, if I hadn't been careening out of control in a broken ship, I'd have died when the rebels blew up the Death Star. Actually, he could say that. What do you think, Chewie? <laughs> You've got guts, Solo. I'll give you that. <laughs> Thanks. Coming from you, that means, well, practically nothing. While this has all been quite amusing... Perhaps we should move on to the less cordial part of the evening. This was cordial. Compared to torture? Yes, I'd say it was. And then what happens? What do you mean? Nothing happens. That's the end. Isn't there more? More of the story? Well, I, I mean, you can imagine that there's more, but no, no, that's that's just where I chose to end it. Oh, well, I did like it. I thought it was pretty funny, especially the the part about the Princess Leia. Tell us about the time I tortured you with the big black droid. But yeah, I I, I thought there was more to it than that. Well, like, um, like what? I, I don't, I, you know, it, it's, uh, we didn't even need to see this scene. I think I just liked the idea of the world's most awkward meal. <laughs> and so, yeah, well, just... maybe you just need like a little stinger at the end. You know, we talked about nostalgia and things that we grew up with. You know, maybe you could have, you know, Admiral Akbar come in and say, it's a trap. And then Han Solo will say something like, well, it's a little too late for that. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. Well, and then but, I guess yeah, that, that's funny, but I don't, think Admiral Akbar had been introduced yet. I don't I mean that shouldn't matter, but uh Well, yeah, it's a, you know, yeah, I guess you could you could put that in the bit where Princess Leia says something like and you're not even in the right movie. 
And then just like a 70s TV show, they all laugh, including Vader and Boba Fett. And they all, ah, <laughs> and then it'll just freeze right there. Or maybe after they're done laughing, somebody just kind of, you know, does no, a little. No, I, I, you know, I think uh, it ended where it's supposed to. Well, what if you, you had some action happen at the end? Like, like what, what do you mean? Okay, let, let's say Lando was still in the room and they hear a commotion outside the door. And then Vader says, What is going on, Calrissian? Nothing to my knowledge. Then I suggest you find out. So Lando gets up. He bows to Princess Leia and smiles. Excuse me, your highness. And then he goes to the door and Boba Fett follows him over there, kind of shadows him. And then the door opens to reveal Yoda leaning on his cane and then Vader stands up. Master Yoda, I wasn't expecting you. <laughs> Anakin, taught you I did to always expect the unexpected. Expecting were you someone more inexperienced, perhaps? Someone you could turn to the dark side? Not just someone, my son. <gasps> then Boba Fett... He moves to shoot Yoda, but Yoda quickly pulls out his lightsaber, hops up on the wall, throws himself at Boba Fett and cuts off his head. And then Vader stands up and ignites his lightsaber and time seems to stop. Both Vader and Yoda are staring at each other in silence. And then Lando pushes something on his wrist and then all these Bespin guards come in and surround Han and Leia and Chewie and Lando. And then, you know, Lando goes back to his wrist and says, Attention, this station has been taken over by the Empire. I suggest everyone leave before more Imperial troops arrive. And so then, as they begin to leave, Leia catches Yoda's eye with a worried look on her face. Fine, I will be, Princess. Find Luke. Search your feelings. Much he has to teach you and then the group hurriedly leaves the door closes and after another couple seconds of yoda and vader staring each other down they erupt into the, an epic battle can you imagine that just an epic battle between yoda and darth vader we've never seen that before um yeah i mean i i, I can see what you're saying and it it is exciting but doesn't it kind of derail the story of Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, I guess you're just trying to show the scene that we didn't see in the movie. So, yeah, we can go with your ending. That works. That's pretty good. All right. Well, no, but uh, this this uh, all came from a joke that I had made to Big Anklevich one time when we were doing a That Gets My Goat, where we talked about, can you imagine what that that dinner was like? And Vader would just sit there because he can't eat. And Boba Fett has a helmet on. And so what is he going to do? And, <laughs> and does anybody want to eat? And they don't want Chewbacca to eat. Unfortunately, Star Wars is too sacred to me for me to write just like some silly robot chicken kind of sketch. Right. So like every single line in, in my sketch, I tried to be true to the character's and the way that they might have spoken. I, it may be Vader saying, tell the bounty hunter 
about the time I tortured you with a big black <laughs> droid is not in keeping with Vader's personality, especially in Empire Strikes Back when he is top of the heap and he's, you know, he's he fears nothing. Yeah. But I just like the idea that Vader tortures Han because Han humiliated him at the Death Star battle. And Vader tortures Leia because the Emperor told him that Luke would sense it and come running into his trap. But I just, I don't really know why he did either of those things. You know, Leia says they didn't even ask me any questions. Yeah. They weren't interrogating them in any way. It was just torture for the purpose of torture. And so Luke would feel it and come running. So, yeah, so that Luke would come. You know, that is why your friends are made to suffer. And apparently, Kirshner did shoot the torture scenes. And I, I, as far as I know, nobody has ever seen the footage, but they felt like it was just dark and it was really maybe too intense for kids. And so they used the audio from the torture scene when Vader is talking to Boba Fett in the corridor. And you can hear Han just screaming. And, I, and it works great. Although it's... For, I always get the impression that it's meant to be funny. That Vader and Boa Fett and Lando are having this conversation while Han is screaming in the other room. Oh. <laughs> I remember being horrified. Because <laughs> that's a pretty realistic scream that he gives. I mean, not horrified in the fact that, oh, I can't stand it, but just... I just remember, wow, he's really going through a lot of pain there. Yeah, it it is rough, and we don't know what those machines do, and it's probably one of the things, like the black ball in A New Hope, the doors <laughs> close, and we can imagine any number of awful things that happened. And then maybe it's worse, and, and maybe it's not, but the same thing with whatever's happening to Han it's making him scream. It must be pretty bad. It's better to imagine it than to see it. Yeah. But Vader is saying, you can take Solo to, Bo to Jabba the Hutt after I have Skywalker. I'm trying to remember what else is said in that scene. Because Lando believed that Chewie and the princess would be left in the city under his supervision. Yes. That the Empire would clear out of there once they had Skywalker... Because Vader later says it would be unfortunate if I had to leave a garrison behind. So, I mean, they hadn't intended on even leaving stormtroopers. It was just they were going to leave if Lando maneuvered his friends into this trap. I, anyhow, it just it makes me want to watch that scene again and hear poor Han screaming in the background. <laughs> but I think everybody gets tortured in that movie. Definitely the, the sounds that are coming are meant to hurt Chewbacca in that scene. Yeah, and it probably happened several times, yeah. We only see the one. And then they don't really say, I mean, they show Leia, but they don't describe the torture or anything. But she, you know, she's been gone and comes back into the room before Han does. You'll have to play audio from that scream. <laughs> <All right. laughs> He's no good to me, dead. He will not be permanently damaged. Next year is uh, Empire Strikes Back's 40th anniversary. 
So let's try and do something special for that. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's a ways off. We'll have lots to say about Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker. Somehow, I think we'll have to get an episode in there right after Mandalorian premieres so that we can get it in the window between the two projects. But yeah, I've got an idea for something that I think will be really special for Empire's 40th. Cool. Yeah, and just, you know, real quick here, before we leave, I I think, Rish, you announced it on Facebook, on the Delusions of Grandeur Facebook page. Yeah, we, we both bought tickets to go to Star Wars Celebration 2020 next August. So almost a year from now, <laughs> we'll be going to that. And uh, that'll be all about the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. So I'm kind of excited to see and just excited to go in general, but excited to see what they'll do at Celebration for that. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, I, you and I will meet IRL. Yeah, we will. It's been a while since we've done that. So yeah, I think uh, you know there'll be lots we do before that. But um, yeah, and then I have never been to a Star Wars celebration, so that'll be a new experience for me. But you haven't been in a lot of years, so it'll probably be a new experience for you as well. 2005 was the last time that I went, and it will have been 15 years. Wow. Which is just a long time uh, on a calendar. In real life, it's not a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much all we need to do for this episode. Thanks for sharing your sketch with us, even though you didn't want to. I never want to, but I need to (laughs) somehow grow up and do things like this more and more. I wrote a full story for our show. I know. That one day we will release. Yeah, I don't know. I have to have a personality transplant. And just be one of those guys that's like, here you go. Hope you like it. And if you don't, I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm not much better than you. I've I've had that story that I've been going to share for years here on the podcast. And I even had you and Gino record lines for my story. And uh, I've never finished that up and uh, put it on the podcast. So I need to pony up now. And uh, do that as well. Well, that's a way that the listeners can help. They can encourage you or threaten you or just express interest in what you've done. Yeah. You shared a story called Skywalker over on your, uh, was it on the Patreon? Yeah, yeah, on Patreon. The other day. And, and afterward, you said, you know, I have other things that I would like to share. And uh, it's hard. It's hard to put yourself out there in a way that uh, you can fail yet. That's the thing that makes our show different than everybody else's is all the dopey voices that I do and the fact that we write. (laughs) And all of the voices that I can't or don't do. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been fun, Rish. We'll get together and do another episode, but I, I, I had a lot of fun. It's, it, it's been a while since we've actually just caught up on the Star Wars news that's out there, so that was good to to do that as well. Okay, and there will be more to come. So uh, I hope that uh, the listeners will join us as well. Well, sir, carry on, and... We, we would be honored if they would join us. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect ending. <laughs> All right, good night, everybody. May the Force be with you. 
Force yourself. The Delusions of Grandeur podcast is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. This means you can share it with anyone, but do not change it or sell it. Many Bothans died to bring us this information.